Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Good morning and welcome to NABWIC Talks. It gives me great pleasure to be here with you this morning as your host, Jada Williams, for another absolutely amazing blog talk show. If, just like the commercial just said, I have to ask you to please follow, like, and share on all your different social media platforms that you're hanging out with NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. We are the voice of for everyone in construction, not just women. And if you are as excited about it, construction as I am, please head over to our website at www.navwick.org and engage with us. Yes, on the site, you can check out our calendar, our latest meetings, our upcoming meetings, and all of our different events. But most importantly, you can join now. All you have button, and you are one of our newest members before the podcast is even over. So go ahead, click the button, join now, check out all our different committees, see how you can get connected to NAVWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. We're waiting on you with open arms. So in the studio this morning, we also have no other than the master builder herself, Ann McNeil, our beautiful founder. We have Ursula Odom of Sula 2 helping you with your book writing process. And no other than Jackie Perry of JP and Associates, our National Marketing Committee Chair. Good morning, Ann. I can take a breath and slow it down a minute. Good morning, Ann. How are you? Well, maybe Ann is coming in. In a second, coming off from you with her mic, but I also know in the studio we have Miss Jackie Perry and Ursula Odom. Good morning, Jackie. Good morning, Ursula. Oh, good morning, Miss Jada. Happy Wednesday. Happy good. Wednesday. Are Are you ready to get this party started this morning? Hey, I am so so excited to get this party started. Hey, especially in a midweek, there's nothing like a midweek party. Uh, so, yes, Jada, we are ready to get started. Um, so I, I, I know you're going to talk about her, but I am so excited to be hearing uh, more from our special guests this morning. So 
without giving away the tea, yes, let's get the party rolling. <laughs> yes, indeed. This morning, NABWIC talks how I did it with entrepreneur, speaker, and author, Twyla Garrett. So we're going to introduce you, or you're going to get to vibe out with Twyla Garrett this morning after this quick commercial break. We can't wait to get into conversation. Listen, tag your friend. Let them know. NABWIC's on. Blog Talk Radio. Detroit Voltage. We keep the lights on. We power Detroit. Master electrician, electrical contractor, minority owned, black owned, woman owned. Your safety and satisfaction is our main priority. Residential, commercial, federal. Safety, time, and expertise. Bonded and insured. Contact us. Detroit Voltage. 1-800-258-1352. Info at DetroitVoltage.com. www.DetroitVoltage.com. Hi, I'm Vicki Antonio. I'm part of the South Florida chapter of the National Association of Black Women in Construction, and we are excited to celebrate women in construction. What I'm most proud of about being a part of this organization is that we are a conglomerate of women who are doing great things to expand not only ourselves, but our local communities and beyond. Why it's important to support this organization is because, you know the saying, is that when you support a woman, you support a nation. So my name's Vicki Antonio. Please join us to celebrate women in construction. Yes, indeed. And we're back. NAPWI talks with how I did it with entrepreneur, speaker, author, Twyla Garrett. Welcome back. So this morning, Twyla is a entrepreneur with experience gained working as an accountant for the federal government. She started her first business in 1996, providing bookkeeping services. In 2000, she founded and sold it in um, 2016, IME. And Twyla um, has been a successful Homeland Security managing consulting firm. She now is the founder of Growth Management Services, GMS, a construction program management firm with revenues of over $1 million within three years of opening, so speaking, scaling up, an integrated responders group, a full-service independent claims management firm. Twyla is known for her notable oftentimes 100% self-funded business deals. So grab your pens and notebook now. You already know we love to say that on Nap Week Talks because Twyla Garrett is here, and she is going to drop some golden nuggets this morning on us. Good morning, Twyla. Welcome to Nap Week Talks. Good morning, How are you? I am blessed, girl. Thank you so much for an amazing introduction. I'm excited. I, I am I'm overwhelmed and I'm overly grateful for being here. And I'm also a member of NABWIC, so I am so grateful that, you know, our journeys have collided in this past and I am ready to rock and roll. So I am an open book, ask me anything, and I'm here to hopefully drop some educational nuggets that help me along this journey and also where I'm facing in the next journey that I'm heading right now. 
Yes, indeed. I love your energy this morning, so I'm ready to rock and roll. I already told a little bit about you, being that I was a stalker. You know, me and Jackie have to do our research, and like you said, you're <laughs> one of our newest members. But in your own words, tell us how it is that you came to do what you're doing today, like in construction. Well, it's, it's really weird. I had already built a portfolio um, through my old company of residential homes and apartments. And I really used it as project management. I really didn't know I was a GC because I owned the building. So when I owned the building, I put a project management plan together, grabbed the consultants, which was the vendors that were needed to do the work, and managed it that way. So for years, I had already had the mindset, I believe, of being set of being a GC. Um, when I sold, I, I, I literally had the blessing of being introduced as a, as a keynote speaker to a company called Scanston. Scanston has been a great partner, still is a great partner with me. Um, they pretty much taught me the ins and outs of the major construction and what construction means and then how to go out and expand and, and move and scale. You introduced me and said, you know, we built this company starting with zero revenue in December of 2016, and we've built this company within 18 months over a million, but now I'm proud to say we got over $3 million and we got about $9 million in the back. And last year we won our first design contracts with a project can be valued up to $62 million. So I am overwhelmed and grateful um, about how our projection and our, our trajectory is going as a company. I love it, love it, love it. And the beauty in everything you said, which all of it's great, you are ready to share how you did it. Like that is a whole nother animal in itself being special with anyone wanting to open up and say, hey, I'm doing it this way. You can do it too in your own lane, in your own way. So I'm just excited in the studio this morning. With you explaining that, all the funding with the projects you have going on, the dollar amount, and then I've already, you know, told the audience that a lot of it, you are self-funded on these projects. Mm-hmm. Um what does how how did you get all this together in three years? Because we know the IRS will give us five years, you know, to claim zero before we make a dollar. And some business <laughs> um, principals say you got five years for to build you up your five years to be business. negative. Right. So don't take right. up the five years. But you know what they 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 dangle that carrot out there to us entrepreneurs, and a lot of us, you know, mindset will be like year two. Oh well. This is okay. They said, you know, it takes five years, but no, you hit the ground running. It no, sounds like you were no. organized. So explain that part. Would, How were it, you it able easy. to? And here's the thing. I, you know, I, everybody asks me this question is about how are you able to move from zero to millions, right? Here's the thing. Your mindset, you said it. you got to have the mindset. I don't go into any business unless I can do a million dollars. If I can't do a million dollars within an eight, or I don't have the plan or I don't see that trajectory, I'm closing it because, see, I know I can do better, and I know I need to be in the millions and millions in order to be able to scale and be an impact to the society and to the people that I need to employ. So you've got to have – I've never – and I'm an accountant, so I never had the mindset of the IRS gives you five years, let's just work it. Because to me, those people right. who are doing that sometimes are more of a hobby than an actual company. I've always been a company. Even if I was a company of one, I knew I was going to be a company. I knew I was going to hire and scale. And I knew I had to possibly take myself out of the equation, which I did. 
I did not pay myself for three years. And most people are like, well, what does that mean? It means I use my savings. And what that means is when you start constructing, here's the thing, unlike any other business I have been in, and I've been in several, I've owned nightclubs, I've been in trucking, I definitely did top secret homeland stuff. Any business, other business that I had, the average receivables were about 45 days. Well, throw that out the window in construction. Construction, they claim it's, it's, it's 60 to 90. It's really 90 to 120. So if you do the math, if you pick up a job today, they want you to start that job in 30 days. They're not giving you the money to go and get the material or the people. That you got to front that. And if you don't have a line of credit, and let me talk about line of credit, banks are just so apprehensive in loaning, especially in the minority field, but in construction, when the receivables are averaging 90 to 120 days, your cash flow is absolutely crazy. And that's just the norm of the business. So it's so funny. I was on another um, interview this week when they were asking me why isn't access to capital good. In my industry, it's terrible because the, the built-in excuse is, well, it's 90 days, 120 days receivables. But here's the thing. If I'm floating that, then that's telling you that I, I'm banking on me. Why aren't you banking on me? If I'm willing to put out a three months worth of payroll and materials out of my own pocket and, and pay myself back when I get paid, why wouldn't you do the same and earn 9 or 8% interest on that line of credit? So it's just a mindset shift. You have to be able to start a business knowing that, A, I don't start anything until I know my exit strategy. When I started GMS, I knew that I got up until seven years to run this company. My goal is to get it to a little over $30 million, and I have two other two exit options. Either I'm going to sell on the market or I'm going to sell it back to my employees. I know my strategy, so I'm working towards that end goal. When you don't have an end goal, mm-hmm. you're just out there turning your wheel. And so I'm executing this contract, like this project we picked up last year, it will actually put us at goal within the next 24 months if we move forward with $62 million in the sports complex. So at the end of the day, then I would have met my goal three years in ahead. So I either can now look at either maybe moving my goalpost from $30 million to maybe $50 million, and then trying to see how my employees are to transition it to them or get it on the market for due diligence to sell. So I have to understand, and you have to understand, if you get into any business, you got to determine whether it's a hobby or whether it's going to be a business. And if it's a business, you ain't looking at IRS, negative five years, negative nothing. You're not trying to get negative nothing. And if you do get negative, you better have a damn plan about how you're about to turn that positive or shift your, your offering so you can get to the positive quickly. Yes, indeed. You said a mouthful right there, but it all is so true. Like I said, if I had sounders on my board right now, I would be blowing the horns, pushing the button for the horns to go off. You know, like how you said, you won't strip um, clubs before. <laughs> how the mm-hmm. DJ has the horns going off because you yep. are preaching, speaking the truth. So let's do this, Twyla. Let's break it down even a, a little bit more. It's everything you said. So how do I get there? What is the day-to-day like? for you or an individual working towards that? Since we've said, you know, the IRS tried to trick us, the difference between a hustle, a business, a hobby with the five years. So what does what did that day-to-day look like for you to get your business to scale up so quickly in the three years? Well, it's no different than it is now. I mean, I put in an average, I'm up at 5.30 in the morning, I'm down at about 11.30 at night. That is the reality. If anybody tells you, 
that you're not going to put in more hours than you do in a nine-to-five. You, if you think you can do a nine-to-five and be in business and scale, you are sadly mistaken. I mean, I, I am initially, when I first started, I was the estimator. Now, I was blessed to be able to bring my executive, Melissa Turner. She was my executive in my old company, and I was able to bring her over. And I paid her without even having my money to pay her. But I brought her over to organize that back office. We had lawyers. We had accountants. We had, I mean, they all were on a retainer, but we ended up having to put our infrastructure in place so we can step and start being prepared. you got to think in, a, in advance of being prepared for those jobs. My very first contract was $30,000. No lie, $30,000, my first big contract. Do you know the lawyer took 3000 of that, which was all my profit, in order to redline the contract? But I needed to make sure that the company that I was supporting did not think I was weak and was just going to sign anything without being redlined. Well, I sent it, took the loss, took a break even, made no money. But I know one thing, that company that I submitted that redline to was shocked that a company of my size, my stature, would redline the $30,000 contract. And by the way, the contract was 578 pages long. So you got to be able to know that when you start off, you're going to be everything to everything. You're going to be the CEO, the CMO, the COO, the purchasing officer, the contract review, reviewer. Even if you have outsourced people, you still got to be able to understand what you're reading to send it over to your attorney. So you can tell them to look at certain areas. So it, it takes time and it takes money and it takes a plan. You know, you, you, you might not be all to everybody, but you've got to be able to be head down and focused. I set a daily task and reminder. I have strategic goals in the morning that I have to, um, you know, get through. I block off three hours in my first beginning of my morning. This is part of my strategic time, my buff, I'm sorry, my buffer time. And then after that, I go in from 11 to 2 in strategic mode. Strategic mode is from 11 to 2, I am literally working my plan. How do I get extra business? How do I go for proposals? Am I reviewing bids to see if I'm going to bid them? I'm doing no-go, go strategies. And then I go back into buffer mode, which is now my staff can ask me, okay, anything that you guys are hitting me with, let me know now. you got two hours to get to me. And then back at the end of the day, when I do come home, sit down, I still know I have to pick up the computer and look at the emails that I could not get through and the projects that we did win or didn't win and why didn't we win them and why didn't we, you know, how do I reverse engineer sometimes. So my average day is chaotic. And I, I, right after I'll be on a plane, I got a dinner in New York. I mean, I'm sorry, a dinner in D.C. I'll be flying right back from the dinner in D.C. and I'm in New York this weekend. So yes, you really got to understand. Quite... Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. I said you really got to understand when you're in a business, you got to be about the business. It really does take grinding. We're now seven years old, but it definitely has taken a grind and a hustle and even surviving through COVID. You know, how do we maneuver and pivot through COVID, which is still playing out in some of our contracts as of today. So you really got to understand that you got to be in it to win it. You can't think that initially you're going to get paid, at least in my industry, I know I have to front, front payroll, I have to front materials, so there's no way I can look for a six-figure check if i got to pay these individuals to do the work. 
So, right. and like you said, you know, the most important thing is you have to be about the business. You're in the business, and you're working every level of the business, especially as a solo entrepreneur. So as everyone's listening in this morning, you just got to keep going. You just got to keep your plan. And it sounds like you get up at 5 a.m. in the morning and you work that plan all the way through and you have your checks and balances in place. I love it, love it, love it. Miss Ursula Odom is also in the studio this morning, Twyla. Good morning, Ursula. I'm going to bring her in. Good morning, I Ursula. know she's jumping off her seat. Good morning. You're absolutely right. So, Ms. Garrett, I feel <laughs> yes, like I, I have jumped in the car with you going 150 miles per hour. Now, the ride is nice, and I'm learning a lot, but I want to know how you learn how to drive. Where did you come from? Who were your mentors? <laughs> Listen, I have been asked that. I don't do coffee. I don't do sodas. I don't, I don't have any caffeine. I'm not on drugs. I mean, this, this is a natural high, thank God, from my mom. You know, I inherited some some good things, and I got her energy and tenacity. And if you know my backstory, you would understand that this is what fuels me. I mean, I was taken away from my mother at 14. It was very abusive, stabbed, a lot of rape. It was crazy. And my mom's last words to me was, you want to mount to S, and you won't be S unless you bro- you're going to be broke and on welfare and pregnant. And I was on welfare to 19. And um my mom passed away. She didn't speak to me from that moment at the courthouse at 14. She never spoke to me again. And once I buried her in 2012, I was blessed to sit down, reconcile all those thoughts, and write a book. My mother's words, how the most negative influence was my most positive motivator. And so here I say this to people because everybody wants to know where you get all this from. I got my beauty brain, probably all of it. I look like my mom. I got this from her, and, and the beautiful thing is she was a negative influence. Her mouth was a very negative influence, but it motivated me so much. So I'm so thankful and grateful that my mother's words resonated and kept me focused on how to get out the project, how to get out the hood, how to get more successful, how to be focused. And one day I thought that we would reconcile, but my mom held true. She never spoke to me again for 28 days. So I say this to anybody that's out there listening is that, Take those negative influences, those negative haters. I love haters. But take those haters and all those comments and use that stuff for purpose and be intentional on what you're going to do. Make sure that those negativities turn into positives. You know, I could have took a road to the left, but I took the road to the right, and I'm blessed. I'm very blessed. And and I've been blessed on everything I touch. I'm not going to boast, but I can tell you the majority of my companies were all million-dollar companies. My restaurant was $2 million coming out the gate. You know, and my trucking company and, 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 and IME, I mean, we did millions. And it was because of that tenacity and that focus. When I get into something, I'm getting in it. When I got into construction, they told me, Twyla, you need to hire a GC. This was in 2017. We did, I didn't know what a GC was. It was like, well, you got to go hire one or you got to get an agent in order to get your license. And so I sat back and thought, I was like, you mean I got to turn my company over to somebody else's control that if they walk away that I'm screwed? And they were like, yeah. Like, oh, no, let me go back to school. So I went and studied for a year and went and passed the NASA exam, not the North Carolina exam. I went and passed NASA. So now I can get my license in up to 14 states without having to have to test that thing again. took me a year to pass, 21 books down. It took me a year to take the test, to study, to pass. But it was the blessing of blessings. So, you know, you got to just put the work in and the effort, and then nobody can really hold 
anything over your head if you don't want to have the control in the driving seat. My staff now, I'm blessed to have well over 35, 40 employees, and I'm grateful for those employees because, you know, I'm in the driving seat for them, but I'm out there hustling every day, and they see it, they know it. And at the end of the day, it's my job to bring these projects back to them to make them more successful. Um, Yes, indeed. I love it, love it, love it. I just wanted to say one more thing based on what you what she just finished up with, because um, there were so many things you said that I wanted to comment on. But the last one where you said that your job was to bring jobs back to them reminded me when I was in, in management with GTE, and I came back to a staff meeting, and I was telling them all the things that had, had been done. And one of the, according to me, said something she ultimately regretted, because I loved it so much. I wouldn't let her forget it. She said, uh, Ursula, it's as if you work for us instead of we work for you. I said, you got it. That's it. It's my job to open doors for you. And I was so mm-hmm. delighted that she understood that's what I was doing. And I just heard you just say that. You delight in bringing back the work to your people. And I, I, oh, I, do. I just think that's and, and let me say this, Ursula. We employed probably 30% of my employees are ex-offenders, homeless, some type of second-chance individual. So not only am I bringing it back, I'm pulling them up because at the end of the day, I used to be that. I had my last welfare certificate, was embarrassed in the grocery store in a nice suburb about I got a child on out too, or I got a person out too with welfare certificates. I remember that feeling. I don't ever want that again. I don't ever want that again. Yeah. And that's why I'm in the process in the next probably two weeks, I'm buying up buildings in my hometown of Cleveland, Ohio, and I'm going to turn, I'm doing my own spin on affordable housing. And you guys stay tuned. You could probably have me back to talk about it because it's a it's a pretty beautiful initiative that I'm about to put back in my own town. Because at the end of the day, you have nothing unless you can really start getting some ownership of your home. Because that's going to be the one thing that's going to root you, right? And and even with being in business, the first thing they ask for is what's your collateral? You can't collateralize a car. That stuff is depreciating. The only thing you really got to collateralize is either some stocks, which is still going to fluctuate, and then that home. So you've got to have some type of asset so you can have legacy, generation, and wealth moving forward. Thank you. And thank you, Jada. I just couldn't resist. <laughs> oh, of course, of course, Ms. Ursula. I love how you come in and paint a beautiful picture. And it's just like you said, um, Twyla has said, so much, like I've never had a guest on here that can match my energy, so I just feel like I could just sit back and let Twyla just take off because she is really explaining how she did it. I mean, if you can't hear it with your own ears, I know you can feel the energy. This is how she did it. She's up. She's moving. And she got a lot of stuff going on right after this interview so again thank you so much for sharing your time with us and you're just continuing to exemplify to our family how being organized how setting those goals and not to forget you did mention have your end game ready have your whole plan together you know you can't maybe have it all together but you can continue to work on it as you're working through that plan hitting those goals and it sounds like you do a great job with reevaluating coming back to the drawing board and being oh, yeah. observant it's, it's of, of your reality it is so fluid Jada, it is fluid. Here's the thing. you got to know, whatever I put in the plan three years ago is totally morphed. I've actually did that whole 180. I I started off thinking that we were going to be on the ground 
working trade practices. And, and Skanska started off our office that as general tradesmen. I hated it. I hated every bit of the job. It made no sense. There was no mobility. It, it literally promoted kind of more of a slave master mentality on these job sites. I got upset with the GCs saying, listen, I don't understand why African-Americans are only with a broom. We have talent. We have skills. We got trade. And if you don't recognize it, then put me out of it. And so I ended up changing my mentality and, and my whole business in order to say we can design. Four years after I made that, that call, we won our first design contract last year. So we had to put our things in place. You know, everything is fluid. When I say put a plan together, you just need to have something that you're monitoring. And here's the thing, not monitoring, but you're holding yourself accountable. It has to be measurable. I don't wake up and look at my plan. My plan today says I must, be, I must complete three opportunity calls, uh, and I need to ground back to the gentleman. I, it's, it's that specific. It gives me measure. If I don't do these two opportunity calls and then I have to get on this plane by 2 o'clock, get back off the plane and have three more calls before my 6 o'clock dinner, and then I'm done. It's very measurable. When Melissa and I have my staff meeting, they'll say that you get your three calls done, and who were they? And, and, and so it's holding me accountable for the actions. A lot of times what we like to do is be so vague that you can drive a hold through your concept, your, your, your strategy. You don't want to go and answer the real questions. you got to get down into the weeds and be tactical. If you got a strategic plan without tactical actions, you have nothing. Pretty much, pretty much. But like you said, you have that team. You recognize that. You have that team around you that holds you accountable um, for working your plan. Like you said, some of us are working out a little fear how you said you're not trying to give all your details out and we have clever ways of you know saying um i don't want my right hand to know what my left hand doing and all this different stuff but full transparency is a great way to go in your business if you're expecting growth especially at the lightning speed of twyla garrett so if you need some motivation all you got to do is know that get up at 5 a.m keep it moving tap in with twyla outside of nap week talk and you're you're doing good in in your business so twyla Share with us, um, because you've shared a lot, and I really like how you said, you know, you we're not going to glaze over how you turn your negatives or any negative experience into positivity. And thank you for being open um, with sharing your experience with your mother. Um, we've had um, other guests on the show before that mentioned their relationships with their mothers and have books out as well. So I just think it's a beautiful thing how you was able to turn that, you know, shine that diamond up there. Um, and, and, and like similarities, what I like to do when I am in a room with someone, I might not understand what they're talking about or something might come off as a negative to me or, you know, constructive criticism. I write it down on a sticky note. I am that girl that on my bathroom mirror, I have notes and sayings and motivational <laughs> slogans all over my mirror. So for you, Ms. Twyla, what were some of the resources that helped you along your along your way that you can maybe share as well? Well in construction you gotta know. You gotta read. I mean there's no there's no other way around it. In construction you better know these codes. You better know how to read drawings. You better know how to estimate. If you don't know what a takeoff is, you shouldn't be in this industry. I mean, <laughs> there is very black and white. You know, you, you put a bid in, you better be able to stand behind it, and you better know what makes it up. You know, I was so used, and what made me 
a better person in this industry was my past industry. Coming from the federal government where I did proposal responses and RFP responses that averaged about maybe 50 to 100 pages each response. You know, you had a technical approach, management approach, pricing plan. You had all that. Well, in construction, you can win millions with one piece of paper, which is unheard of. Mm -hmm. Because what they're doing is they're saying, here's all the paperwork, guys. Here's all the documents. Here's the drawings. Tell me your price. And your price normally is on a one or two or three page paper. And really, the, uh, it's really one page, and then the rest is just, you know, some alternatives and things of that nature. But I've won millions with one, one word, just writing the word, my price, which scares the heck out of me. And so what I do now is every time I submit a bid, they get a whole workup. And I remember some of the GCs and some of the CMs would go, why do you send us all this backup paperwork? Because I need you to know how I got to that number because I'm going to hold you accountable. If I get this contract and you tell me my price was good and you didn't look at my backup and realize I missed those, you've mm-hmm. got to know how to read. And you've got to really know how to sit down and analyze and want to be able – construction is – it's, it's a beautiful place. It's a fun place, but it can be a dangerous place. The, you know, you got equipment that can kill everybody and kill people any time of the day. You got fall hazards, trip hazards, safety issues, and then on top of that, you got to build to a standard that is going to outlast for fifty years or twenty years. So, you know, you got a lot of things coming at you at one specific specific time, and you got a lot of partners that play in it: the electrical, the NEP, the plumbing. You got all of these people and parts. You got to be able to know how to manage. You got to be able to know how to read, and you also got to be able to know how to pivot. And pivot is great and, and needed in construction because a lot of times you might catch a drawing that's wrong. An architect might be wrong, but you might be already be in so deep that you got to figure out how to pivot and change and still be able to get the quality to the customer that they wanted. So, you know, tools that I use all the time, Xactimate, I do my exact analysis, Procore. Um, but you really, a lot of it had to do with me sitting down, learning how to read drawings and learning how to do takeoffs mm-hmm. by hand. There are systems that do it for you, but how are you checking to make sure that system is right or wrong? Or how do you know that you didn't scale the, um, the, the calibration of the scale is wrong unless you know how to be able to balance and check it? So I don't hire anybody unless I can put them through those rigors, especially in estimating, because estimation is going to kill you. You know, I'm grateful right. to have, so I'm building my, my, my team, and this year, and it's so funny, up until last year, up until this year, I was the estimator. Every job we won, Twyla did. Twyla did the takeoff. I am grateful that I have hired my estimator. I am teaching her what I used to do. I remember she's like, Twyla, show me what you were doing. I was like, here's what I'm doing. So I'm stepping away from mm-hmm. that role, but I'm still going to have to be able to quality check and make sure because that's where the money is made or lost. Right. It's it's so true. It really, really is. And the fact that you are growing your business and you are delegating and training and teaching someone else to come up and, and pulling her up in her career along the way is a great thing. But like you said, you have to maintain that quality because, yes, estimating, that is where your money is at. It will it will break you if, if, it's, if it's not mm-hmm. on point. So. It's a definite, definite nugget that I hope everyone has, um, you know, tapped down on their notepads today because, Twyla, you done dropped everything on our head tops this morning. (laughs) Well, let me say this. (laughs) Estimating might be construction, but here, any business, your money is made on who is pricing your job. 
whatever that job is, whether it's cleaning, whether it's project management, whether it's IT, everything has to do with pricing. So if you're going to spend money, you make sure you've got a hell of a pricing team or a proposal team that is working your numbers. If you don't have that, you don't have anything because you can win all the jobs you want. We won tons of jobs at the beginning of the year. Uh, when we first started in 2017 or 2018, really, we won tons of jobs and we were losing our butts on every one of them. So wow. you got to make sure, you got to make sure. And I honed in every one of the ones when I was looking at the numbers. And here's the thing, you can't just win in and let it go. You got to monitor it every month to make sure what you said is what you're doing, right? If you got a mm-hmm. lot of waste because your employees are not doing what they need to do, then you need to get rid of the employees and come up with a better game plan, or either you need to make sure that the employees understand the intention of what the profit margin is in this job and whether they're losing it or gaining it. So it's about transparency. I I know a lot of people like to, you know, say, I don't want to give you my financials. I don't want to know data. I don't want to – financial – listen, I tell – if you want to know transparency, you've got to be able to say, look, this is what I make, this is what I'm doing, and this is where I want to go. I want to be $30 million. We're not there yet. I'm transparent about it. But we now just won something that could put us in the 20s, so I'm going to go after something else that's going to get us to the 10s that will get us to the 30s. So you've got to be transparent. And I'm, I'm very grateful to my client. I won't name him. He's a, he's a former pro athlete. And, but he knew when we competed for his job, he knew we were not able to do We had never done this before. But we won it based off creativity based off his vision, based off the tenacity and being able to bring a proposal that he had never seen before, including rendering. And that's how we won. Now it's up to me to put the right team together to deliver this man's vision, which I will. With NABWIC help too. I'm sure I'm going to reach into my sisters of NABWIC and say, listen, I got some opportunities. Come bid. Yes, indeed. You know, NABWIC, we love to say, it's a whole Fortune 500 company as an organization. All of our members are licensed, certified, or an expert in their field. And like you've mentioned before, and like we've always mentioned, always on that we talk, but throughout this conversation, there are so many different moving parts in construction. So don't count yourself out. So I look at you working on one of the largest projects that she just mentioned, but there might be a piece of that project in that bid where she can pull you in and you can work with her and ultimately, you know, learn some things on whatever level you're in in the business. So, Twyla, I'm going to ask you one more question before I get really in your grits because we are a little bit after the hour, after the top of the hour. Then Jackie Perry is over here jumping off her her seat, so I know she wants to get in a word or two with you. But before I turn it okay. over to Jackie real quick, I just want to ask you, what do you wish that you would have known when you first started the business? your businesses. It sounds like you've always been a pretty grounded, open-minded person learning, but you know, we all have some hiccups or something that surprised us. So what is that thing that stuck with you that, you know, you, you learned along the way that you wish you would have learned long before? Oh, it's still bothering me now. Um, it's, it's the receivables. It's the cash flow. I never knew mm-hmm. going into the construction industry that cash flow was so bad. I mean, and, and that's why you don't see, and it's so sad, you don't see more of us with multi, multi-million dollar businesses. Somehow, some way, we got to get to that level by getting either lines of credit so we can free up that stress over our head about how we're going to pay payroll for four months because we got a $2 million job 
that's almost a guaranteed. And we got to get banks to be more receptive and, and adapt their criteria of underwriting to the industry that we're in. They should understand. And, and it's still a pain point to this day. We just won an airport project that we're fun, I'm personally funding now because we have to be able to make sure we bring on this. And then we also have about $700,000 worth of new payroll we got to bring on to finish and start a couple other jobs. So when you look at things of that nature, cash flow is the biggest issue that I wish I could solve. And if I have my druthers and if we get the $30 million, I'm going to start my own fund for just, just construction that says, listen, if you need a bridge loan to front four to six months worth of payroll, come to me. That's going to be my mission and goal. Because this is what's killing so many of our minority businesses is that they can hold maybe a month or two, but when you're talking about three and four, it's crippling. It's absolutely crippling. Oh, you, you my new, we, we, you my new dog. We, you my new friend girl. We, we do home girls because you just spoke the truth. It gets real in construction on the finances. A lot of people mm-hmm. come into the construction industry, like you say, you don't know. And they you walk don't right know back out. What you don't they know. Cripple, they, they, look, they walk in and crawl <laughs> out because once they realize that this ain't no joke, this money, and, and, and let me tell you, that your contractor ain't going to, oh, I'm going to give you a, a early pay. Early pay comes with points. Yeah, right. So if you're only making 8%, they're going to take away two of them to, to try to pay you early. It doesn't work that way. Eh. It's really a terrible environment from cash flow. So, like you said, if you know a female, an individual, successful in construction, they doing their thing. <laughs> that is correct. Because they really like, doing their like thing. You, you're really doing your thing. You are a tough cookie. You are a tough cookie, and I will give you everyone listening and all of our family listening in, I'm giving you, giving you your roses now because we know it's tough. Twyla's over here letting the world know that we all know it's tough, but we are all in this together in construction. We understand. That's why we love NAPWIC, an umbrella for mm-hmm. all of us to come to, come under, vent, but most importantly, learn and build with each other. This is a great place to build with each other because, honey, I do outreach. I speak for a living. I do your marketing. And some of these bids, I'm looking like, now how do you want me to pay for this? I, I can do that, mm-hmm. but you know that magic comes with what? That magic has a price tag attached to it. I just barely paid the last team to help me. What's going on? Am I really in the right business? Do I really want to do this? Sure, you you add in that positive note on the end to keep going as Twyla has given you the advice to do this morning because, oh, my gosh, you spoke to my heart. I, I, I was like, what the heck? Coming from logistics and with a paycheck behind you, you know, it, it it doesn't matter if you're – well, we love to sign the back of the check. Let me not say it doesn't matter. I love to sign the, the – I mean, sorry, sign the front of the check. So, um, yes, we want to get those dollars up. But if you're signing the back of the check and getting those checks, it takes a minute for those checks to start flowing off of these bids in construction. So you have to have your finances in order. And I think it's a great idea, Twyla, of you coming up with a funding program for individuals in construction because it is very, very hard um, in construction. And not only just to get to the project, but, you know, the books to pass the D.C. exam, they're not cheap. No, you're right. Absolutely. It's not. And and that's why one of my goals is that once we get into the $10 million range, I will set aside some funds 
that's just going to be, and most likely I'll probably start with minority women in construction and say, listen, you know, I can help you at least bridge your project so you won't fail, you won't, you can probably pay payroll, get your materials, and then move to the next one. And then it needs to be nominal. I mean, right now interest rates are 7 8%. Okay, charge the 7 8%, charge something that you know that's just going to be nominal. People know we got to pay it. I think we have to be able to price ourselves better so we know that our customer knows. You know, when you do low bid work, lowest cost technically acceptable, that's dangerous. It's dangerous doing low bid work. And if you're going to do low bid work, you're never going to be able to scale at a rate needed. You've got to balance that portfolio. You are definitely setting yourself up. Thanks so much for that. So, Ms. Jackie Berry, you're up. Oh, yes. This is such an awesome uh, conversation, and I am so intrigued. But let me just ask a quick question, uh, Twyla. Uh, obviously, you know, you are experienced. Uh, you're skilled. You're knowledgeable. Uh, you've talked about a lot of things, number one, uh, the mindset, you know, having the plan. And, again, we can tell that the business acumen is there. Uh, you talked a little bit about, you know, mentoring, the things that propelled you. But if you could pick one thing that you could say, hey, this one stands out as being the key to how I got to where I am today, you know, my, my growth, my uh, maturity, what one thing would you say uh, catapulted you to where you are if you had to pick one? I know it's hard. Um, well, if, if I had to really go back, it really goes back to my college education. I went to a college called Ursuline College. And from a kid coming from the project, going into this suburban college that was pretty well known, and um, being one of 4% minority at the time, an all-girl Catholic school, I didn't even know Catholicism, barely went to Baptist church because from the streets we didn't do that. And they literally shaped my mind from freshman year all the way to the end. By the time I graduated from Ursuline College, I was the U.S. Naval Academy's accountant. They gave me, and I saw in them, they saw something in me, and they, they helped me. As an accountant, my, my, my professor, Professor Flood, had us balancing $30 million books in our sophomore and junior year. So what that did is it shaped my mindset that says, I want to do nothing less than this. I, I won't do anything less than this. And, and the fear of a six-figure, eight-figure job that never scared me after coming out of college. And that's been my mindset. I thank my college of Ursuline every day of the week because they gave me the ability to think. I came out of that narrow box I had in that project in Cleveland, Ohio, to a box of just wonder and, wow, you can do that? Wow, they can make that? They can do that? Dr. Katz was one of my um, business professors. And just showing me how you can maneuver in this world and how, how to sit proper, what to say. I mean, it was literally a – form of transforming this little ghetto kid out of the ghetto into the mindset of being able to be able to sit at the table with anyone. And I've been blessed. I've sat at the table with President Obama. I've sat at the table. I, was, I mean, I've been blessed. And, and I look back and I always contributed to that. And, I, and, and one of the congresswomen, which was, was a, a, a judge that kind of disciplined me when I was a little bad kid, which was Congresswoman Stephanie Tubbs-Jones, who is now deceased, those two people have been integral in my life and how I always moved and shaped. And so I still go back to that. No matter what I do, I can go back to those moments where those teachings have been ingrained in me 
And now I use those throughout anything that I do, anything that I do. And I'm not fear. I have no fear. And what Earthling gave me was to remove the fear of doing whatever. You know, I can ask for permission later. I have no fear. And I have no fear of failing. Failure brings success. Failure brings correction, and I love it. And so I love that they gave me that, that, that mindset to move forward. Well, thank you. You can tell, again, that you are an extraordinary, phenomenal woman. And so we just appreciate, as we've echoed before, just how honored we are to have you on the show today. So thank you for taking the time out to answer that question. Thank you. Back to you, Jada. Yes, ma'am, Miss Twyla, you have come in and shaken things up this morning. We actually cannot wait to bring you back. So, Tonya, we'll be reaching out to you to book you for a part two. We want to follow up to see what is going on and how you've met your goal and how you've come back, pushed that goal further. And I already know you're going to hit that one too, Twyla, because it sounds like you are just on your own rocket ship making waves. So I just love it, love it, love it. With that being said, how can your new potential clients or your new employees, associates, or your new sisters and brothers in NABWIC get in contact with you? Sure. Um, my email address is Twyla, my name, T-W-Y-L-A, at H-I-R-E-G-M-S.com. So it's HireGMS.com, H-I-R-E-G-M-S.com. Oh. You can find me on Facebook by my name, Twyla Garrett, Instagram, Twyla Garrett or Fed Biz Lady, either one of those. I welcome, uh, I welcome talking to anyone. And if you're in need of mentorship, if you just want well, mentorship with a purpose and intention, right, you got to come to me with some specifics. But if you are in need mm-hmm. of that, please reach out. I have no problem with trying to fit some type of hour in a month or hour or two in a month to give you some guidance on how you move forward. You're never going to be on the island alone. I I, I welcome that. Uh, I do a boot camp every year. So as I do forward the boot camp, you're welcome to come back to do a business boot camp as well. And if you can't reach me, my, and I say handler, but she has been my rock for 19 years. Uh, Her name is Melissa Turner. You can reach her at Melissa at HireGMS.com as well. She will get you scheduled to meet, talk to me. Um, but I, I welcome anyone's, you know, input, conversation, or mentorship that you need. I welcome that. And I'm looking for mentors as well. You never stop growing. Never stop growing. If you stop growing, you ain't living. That's what one of my mentors told, told me. You always, always want to keep growing and learning. That's living your life to the fullest. No, a little geeky, but it's what we do to be successful. So, Twyla, Thank you for sharing that. Now I have to get oh, – we've got two more questions, okay, because I know we're a little past the hour. You're just good company. So my oh, last two questions, well. share, share with the audience, like, what is your closing remark? What is your final tip that you could give us? Well, my final tip would be get organized and have tactical plans. If you don't know the difference between strategic and tactical, look them up. But you want actionable, measurable goals that you can hold yourself accountable. I don't need to have anybody else hold me accountable. I need to be able to hold myself accountable. Whether you write them down on a post-it, stick them on your mirror, throw them in the car, put them somewhere. But hold yourself accountable to look about why 
and how you've moved the needle, not only in your life but in your business. So it has to be a balance. I do have a balance. So, and that's going to be a great trip for 10 days, and I will totally turn off every single thing that I have and decompress. But at the end of the day, I'm going to work my little plan up until the day I fly out. So that's my advice to you. Have some tactical, have a strategic plan with tactical actions. I love it, love it, love it. See, Twyla, I, I knew we was homegirls. I knew you was my girl because Fiji's <laughs> on my list. <laughs> Fiji's I'll on let my you guys list. Know, it's, I cannot wait. I was supposed to happen before COVID, and um, they have given me a timeline. And look, look, we didn't stretch this out so much that you need to figure it out. And I was like, all right, fine. So I'm going. I am going. Listen, all, all I can do right now is just drink the Fiji water. I keep it stocked up. But, you know, I'll be on the island soon. Yes, ma'am. So we're going to bring you back. Now, how I, I have to get a little bit more in your grits, like I said before, i got to get some of that magic. What are you reading that keeps you going or keeps you doing what you're doing today? Well, I have a couple things. You know, I just started reading, and I love Sister Jane. If you're, I'm a basketball player, former basketball player. So Sister Jane is called Wake Up With a Purpose. I have started reading that this week, actually. I am being very honest with you and transparent. I try to read between 48 and 50 books a year. No lie. Mm-hmm. And so that's on my list. I am also finishing up Spare, which is with, you know, Prince Harry, and then – I do love, and I mean love, uh, Grant Corden. Grant Corden and I, I love this dominate your market. Dominate your market. So I blend my books between motivation and then also business acumen. Um, I'm exploring the cannabis field. I never smoked anything before in my life, so I'm actually reading how to start a cannabis business. So those are just some things that's in my purview. But I I read a lot. You've got to read and educate yourself. And there's no excuse because if you don't like to read, guess what? They will read it to you because you got Audible. So there's no excuse, people, about not being able to get a book or two in a month. Well, Twyla, I can definitely help you with the business. Don't worry about it. You don't have to be involved. I got you back, girl. I got you. There you go. Call me up because I am researching and looking. Absolutely interested on seeing what I can do. North Carolina is looking to actually do the medical dispensing, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to be in line for one of those apps. Um, and it's all about bringing my generational legacy, my portfolio and trust together. So when I leave this earth, I'm leaving it in a better state, and I want to be able to have businesses in there for my family to move forward in. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love the different spaces that you are in, and I love the mindset and the openness of you being willing to help and share, and you're doing it not just for yourself, but for your people. Like you said, you love your your team that you have with you, and you are building up the community and building up that legacy for the family. So we love you here at NABWIC, and we cannot wait to see all the great things that you are working on, working in, and how NABWIC can um, assist you you being one of our newest members as well and, and back and forth with you bringing value to our different NAPWIC committees. So it's just 
awesome, Twyla, that you joined NABWIC. And I can't wait to meet you in person at one of our next here. national events. And I know the next one is coming up. We have our strategic planning that's coming up in um, June. It's always around my birthday. So hopefully uh, we can link up there and discuss all these great things in person along with the rest of your NABWIC members. And if you want to join us at our next national event, all you have to do is go to www.nabwic.org. Our calendar is there. You can find out all the details. Our hotels treat us like kings and queens when we come in town because we have built the NABWIC legacy, and the partnership with everyone that we network with. So you are always in a safe space and with family when you're hanging out with NABWIC. So, Twyla, thank you so much for being on NABWIC Talks this morning. We cannot wait to bring you back for your part two. And you have a safe and beautiful flight this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And God bless everybody. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Enjoy this week. Celebrate women in construction. Celebrate our, our, our industry and, and, and make make moves, you know, because we are the ones that really can move the mountains and the buildings in this thing on thing. So I look forward to it. Yes, indeed. And just like you requested, we are bringing the guests that you want to hear from as you are building up your business and your life or whatever endeavor that you are working on. If you want to stay connected to NABWIC, always reach out to us at our website, www.nabwic.org. If you want to be a guest on NABWIC or you have a person in mind for a great NABWIC show, just reach out to marketing at marketing at NABWIC. Dot org. We cannot wait to receive your email. Or you already know, it's Jada Williams and Jackie Perry. We've been doing it for a minute. Just reach out to us. Our phone numbers, our emails are listed on the website as well. Like I always love to say, until next week, it's been a beautiful, blessed Wednesday. See you next week at 8.30 a.m. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.